welcome back to Conversations in Court, a podcast that explores themes of law throughout history. Today we are going to be discussing how racial injustice has changed from the 1930s to today, and how this idea is reflected in Harper Lee's classic novel, To Kill a Mockingbird. We will be exploring some important questions, such as, is this issue still prevalent in our current society? How has this issue improved, or has it gotten worse? And finally, why was this a common theme at the time that this novel is set in? Well, let's dig right in. Court is now in session. First, we're going to set the stage for the novel and really dig deeper into that third question of why was this a common theme during this time? So, the story of To Kill a Mockingbird takes place in a small town in Alabama, a place characterized by racial prejudice and injustice. At this time, in the 1930s, African Americans were mistreated and were denied many privileges and opportunities that were given to whites. One of the most important means of this discrimination were the Jim Crow laws, which basically ensured that almost every public place, including bathrooms, restaurants, and schools, were segregated. This prejudice against African Americans also extended into courts of law, where blacks were segregated and commonly convicted of crimes they did not commit. Often, white women would accuse black men of sexual assault, and these men were almost always convicted because of the color of their skin. In To Kill a Mockingbird, Lee presents an example of this idea through Tom Robinson. An African-American man accused of raping a white woman, Mayella Ewell. Atticus Finch agrees to defend Tom, despite the harassment he receives for, for supporting a black man. He presents sufficient evidence of Tom's innocence as he establishes that Tom was physically not able to attack Myella, even though she accused him of assault. He also suggests that she had in fact approached Tom and her father, Bob Ewell, had beat her upon seeing her with a black man. Despite his efforts to prove Tom innocent, the white juror's racial prejudice cloud their sense of justice, and Tom is convicted and sent to prison. Later, he is shot to death, trying to escape. In the 1930s, this discrimination was a common occurrence, as courts consisted of almost entirely white judges, jurors, and lawyers, and many of them had racial bias. In fact, less than 1% of the lawyers in the U.S. in the 1930s were black. As a result, African Americans weren't always properly defended, and racial bias led to many unjust decisions. Now, we're going to fast forward to our society today, where we will be discussing where this issue stands today. Progress has been made in some aspects of justice, as African Americans have acquired more representation in courts of law and some improvements have been made to prohibit unjust actions and decisions based upon racial bias. For example, the Supreme Court ruled 
that striking a juror could not be done on the basis of race. Also, the American Constitution Society concluded that about 20% of state court judges are people of color. This is a large increase from the 1930s, where few to no state court judges were people of color. However, discrimination still plays an important role in our current justice system. In 2015, it was reported that although Hispanics and African Americans only made up 32% of the U.S. population, they comprised about 56% of all incarcerated people. Furthermore, a 2012 report by the U.S. Commission on Sentencing found that prison sentences for black men were almost 20% longer than those for white men for similar crimes. Racial bias is still evident in our courts today, an idea reflected by Curtis Flowers, a black man currently on death row in Mississippi for the accused murder of six people. The prosecutor in this case has violated the Supreme Court's ruling that I mentioned earlier and has struck 10 black jurors in an attempt to decrease the man's supporters in the jury. Instead of giving Flowers a fair trial, the prosecutor tried to use race as an excuse to, remu to remove people who could oppose the, prosecutor, the prosecutor's standing from the jury. Chris Kimmett, a respected lawyer for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, reveals the frequency of this action in his quote. Far too often, prosecutors get away with this discriminatory jury strikes because courts blindly accept their pretextual justifications at face value. So, while our society is trying to make progress on this issue, it isn't coming easily, as many still don't realize the problem at hand. Prejudice is still a very prominent aspect of our justice system, an idea shown in the statistics that I mentioned earlier. But, Many racial minorities, especially African Americans, are gaining more representation in courts across America, and maybe they can help to reduce this issue in our society. Our justice system is constantly changing and improving to ensure that criminals are punished properly and innocent people are not mistreated. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you next time on Conversations in Court. Case closed.